0: So hello and welcome to the Trinity Fit Over 40 podcast with me Rob Burkhead and me Ben Hughes. We are the co-founders of Trinity Transformation and creators of the Fit Over 40 method and for more information about what we do go to www.fit40info.com. So in today's episode we're going to reveal the best and
1: worst snacks for women over 40 so sit back and relax and welcome to today's podcast. <laughs>
0: So one of the most common questions that we get asked about how to lose weight over 40 is what are the best healthy snacks to eat for weight loss for women who are over 40? So we've worked with so many women who are in their 40s and 50s who felt completely stuck because they didn't know what snacks they should be eating to get the scales moving. So they would eat the things that they thought were healthy, but perhaps they weren't. And they'd end up stepping on the scales after a long week of dieting and see zero movement or maybe even be heavier than before. And when you're not seeing results, it's really hard to stay motivated, which then leads a lot of women to give up completely, leaving them stuck and unable to get their weight under control, choosing clothes to cover up problem areas rather than wearing things they like, hating shopping for clothes because nothing fits quite right anymore, especially in the more trendy shops, and especially around the middle. And so many women end up staring at a wardrobe full of amazing clothes they can no longer fit into and worrying that this will just be part of the aging process that they're gonna have to accept. And the reason that this happens is simple. So women's bodies and hormones start to change as they get older, which can make it easier to gain weight, especially around the middle, and more difficult to lose that weight again with normal methods of dieting. But if you have the right nutrition approach, if you have a nutrition approach designed for women over 40, if you know what foods to eat, what snacks to eat, what snacks to avoid, you can quickly and you can easily get the scales moving and you can drop a couple of stone in as little as 12 weeks. So in today's podcast, we're going to reveal the best healthy snacks to eat for women over 40, so you can do exactly that. So first
1: things first, what we want to establish is what actually makes a good snack and what makes a sort of bad snack, I suppose. Because if you understand these fundamentals, then you'll understand why we're going to mention some of the things we mentioned after. So we'll give you loads of examples afterwards of things to avoid and things to go for. So first of all, I'll run through what makes a good snack. So the first thing, and these things may seem obvious, but most people don't take the time to think about this. The first thing you want a snack to do is to really fill you up. You don't want to have that snack and then want more and want more and want more and want more, 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 more because in my experience for a lot of people, it's these little extras that add up that mean they stop them losing weight, especially at over 40 when you can't get away with quite as much. So in order to make it filling so you don't eat too much, it needs to be two things. It needs to be high in protein and it needs to be high in fiber. And the reason that will make it filling is both of these things digest very slowly. So when you eat something, it goes down into your stomach and then into your intestines. And if you eat something that's really refined like sugar or something that's very uh, easily digestible, like a lot of the bad snacks we'll go through today or pass through really quickly, almost like pouring uh, petrol on a fire. If you eat something that's high in protein and high in fiber, it's very hard to break down. It's like putting a really big log on a fire It takes hours and hours to burn out. And it's the same with things with high protein, high fiber. It takes a long time for your body to digest it, which means it's going to drip feed energy into your system for hours afterwards. It's going to keep your energy levels high for hours as well, which will mean you also stay full for hours. So we want it to be filling. We also want the snack to not be too high in calories because you cannot get away from the fact, the simple science of, of losing and gaining weight is you need to eat the right amount of calories for you, not too little. That can cause problems with the stress hormone cortisol and block your weight loss. We've talked about that in other episodes, or not too much, because if you eat too much, your body has to store the extra calories coming in as body fat. So it needs to be something that's not too high in calories, because otherwise, it's very quickly going to mean you're eating too much over the course of the day. It needs to be tasty, because let's face it, if it's not tasty, this snack, if you don't enjoy it at all, you're going to feel like you're missing out. And if you're in the office, like lots of people are going back to the office now, and there's donuts on, on the, you know, on the snack table or in the kitchen or in the canteen you're going to go for them if you don't have a snack that's that's at least some way something you kind of enjoy and then lastly it's got to be something that's hard to eat too much of so it needs to not be more basically so like not that you know they say with pringles once you pop you just can't stop it needs to not be like that it needs to be something that you eat it fills you up and then you can go back to doing what you're doing and you're not thinking about having more and having more and having more and that's usually going to be because it's based on basically real food quite close to what the food looked like coming out the ground or from the animal so our body responds to it in a normal way we haven't really evolved to deal with all the processed foods and things like that where they digest very quickly and easily and they're designed to be very moorish so that's what makes a good snack i'll let ben run through what makes a bad snack now
0: so the things that make a bad snack are basically the opposites of all the things which make a good snack so where a good snack will be nice and filling so it will be high in high high in protein high in fiber a bad snack is going to be the opposite of those so it's foods which are really low in protein or don't contain any protein at all and foods which are really low in fiber and don't contain any fiber at all and foods which fit into this category tend to be processed foods which are usually high, high in carbs and high in fats so if you think about for example, you know, everybody has probably made a cake at some point. If you make a cake, the main ingredients are flour, sugar, butter. you basically got carbs, well, sugar and carbs, two types of carbs and fat is basically the main ingredients to make a cake. So zero protein, zero fiber. So anything like that, low protein, low fiber is going to be a bad snack because it, it won't fill you up at all. You'll still be hungry afterwards. Um, no matter how much of it you eat, you'll still want to eat more and more and more and more and more. It won't trigger to your body to say, now you're full. The second thing that makes a bad snack then is something that's high in calories. So if you look at your nutrition overall in terms of the course of the day, you're going to have a certain amount of calories that you need to eat to see results. If you end up that too many of it, that your snacks take up too many of those calories, it basically means you don't have any many calories left for your actual meals. So then it's very, very easy for you to overeat and see no results. So if you're ending up eating snacks, which just push your calories up and up and up and up and up, and that's not going to be ideal so things that are really really calorie dense um you want to avoid these tend to be anything that's high again in sugar in fat are going to be really calorie dense sugar and fat are the two most calorie dense types of food um and they're really going to push the calories up of anything that you eat so if you think about something that's high in sugar high in fat again cake or something that's purely just high in sugar um something like uh, sweets are gonna sweets chocolate bar anything like that purely massively high in sugar And if you think about things that are high in fats, you can end up with things like anything deep fried It's going to be really high in fats. Anything like uh, pork scratchings, for example, are just pure fat. But And all of these things are just very, very calorific. And the problem with it is they don't take up much space in your stomach. So if you eat a little packet of pork scratchings, even one of those little small packets, it's going to be hundreds and hundreds of calories in there. And it's just very, very easy to eat. So avoid anything high calories. Next thing is... So just avoid anything that comes in a packet that has a list of ingredients that either you wouldn't find in your kitchen or you don't recognize any of the words that you're reading. So if you're reading through the ingredients list, and it's like dextrose, maltodextrin, hydrogenated vegetable oil, emulsifiers, diglycerides, of fatty acids. You've got all these just kind of just sounds like a list of chemicals, really. Um, if you're reading the list, the ingredients list of something like that, chances are it's been highly processed because you don't, you know, you don't grow. All of these things from the ground it's going to be a highly processed food which is probably going to be high in sugar high in fats high in calories as well um and many of these ingredients as well are also linked to things like heart disease and cancer so obviously those are things you probably want to avoid and then the final thing that makes a bad snack is something that contains ingredients like emulsifiers or contains loads of sugar or contains loads of salt which makes foods ultra palatable so basically it just makes them really really delicious they make you want to eat more the people that create these foods create them to be as moorish as possible they make you want to eat more by the ingredients that they use <clears throat> in the foods and at the same time they don't fill you up because if they can start, imagine you're the person who's making crisps you're the crisps manufacturer if you can make a product that you can sell to someone and it's very very moorish they buy a big bag of it they eat through the entire bag and they think that was delicious i want more and then they buy another bag then you're going to sell a lot of crisps, which is basically what they've what people have designed food to be when they when they create processed food. People are not processing food to make it healthier, they're processing it to make it more delicious, more moorish, and uh and less filling almost as well. Um, so when you eat these foods that are kind of ultra palatable, really, really delicious, your hunger hormones remain high even after eating them. So you eat that big bag of crisps, and you probably think, you know, that hasn't really filled me up. Maybe I'll have a few pieces of chocolate. Maybe I'll open the next bag of crisps and it could be a, an absolute nightmare, really. So bad snacks are low in protein, low in fiber, high in calories, anything with ingredients that you wouldn't see in your kitchen. And then also foods that have been made ultra palatable. So high salt, high sugar, um, ingredients like emulsifiers as well.
1: And it's important to know, much as you're saying that, I was thinking some of these things we're going to mention in a minute, we're going to run through the, the worst snacks first. Some of them will have been manipulated because there's that traffic light system we often see on food now where there's like green if it's supposedly healthy, orange if it's in the middle, red if it's bad. Some of them will be manipulated so they mostly are green, yet they're still really not good for you. And that is because that that traffic light system is pretty flawed. It doesn't really focus on protein. It just focuses on um, things like saturated fat. Um, It doesn't focus on how many carbs are in it. So it could be really high in carbs doesn't really focus on calories either so i personally don't think the traffic light system is great one thing we do with members of our fit over 40 programs in, in, in is educate people a lot more on how to read nutrition labels like the stuff on the back the ingredients list the actual numbers and then you can very quickly figure out what's right it's almost like learning a new language which is always difficult oh, i say always i've never been great at languages but i can read the language of nutrition and um It's always difficult at first, but if you can learn the very basics, it's not hard going, has it got enough protein? How how are the sugars looking in it? Um, How much fiber has it got? How are the calories? If you can read those four things, which doesn't take long to learn, our, our members usually learn it in a couple of weeks, then you can quickly go, that's actually a complete con like they've put all the healthy branding on it. They've made it a nice color. They've put high in fiber, high in protein on the packet, which they can do without any legislation. Um, as far as I know, there's still no legislation on that. So they can just say protein, um, cereal bar, when there's actually very little protein in the bar. So if we get into the worst snacks then, so I'll run through a few these. Maybe you run through a few as well, Ben. This is one of my pet peeves. The first one we've got down is biscuits. Now, I'll try not not be biased about this, but I, I really hate biscuits because <laughs> I, I can see how many people overconsume them and how miserable it makes them. A quick example, though, of, of, of why biscuits are not great is three chocolate digestive biscuits, very easy to eat. Look, and I'm, I'm such just a susceptible. I remember I used to go and visit my grandma in, um, in the home she was in before she passed away. And they always, always had this massive tray of biscuits. I don't even really like biscuits and I'd still eat probably three of them. Three chocolate digestive biscuits is 240 calories. And that's a lot. That's like more than half of a, a meal that um, our typical client would eat. And it's not filling whatsoever. Like who's eating three chocolate digestive biscuits and be like, that's me good for four hours now. So they're very, very easy to eat. And if you eat a whole pack, it's going to be about thousand, even some, some packs of biscuits are about 1,400 calories for like a, a not even a huge pack, like a medium pack of hob, hobnobs. And that's like all the calories you can eat in the day and you're not remotely filled. And from really not healthy things as well. Another great example is belvita biscuits. So um, belvita biscuits, you've probably seen them advertised as breakfast
0: biscuits. Um, what were
1: the ones you saw the other day? Were they milk and cereal or something?
0: I think the ones I saw, I looked at the, the very basic ones, just like the yeah, cereal and milk flavour ones. Mm, supposedly cereal milk and cereal is also not a good choice by the way we're not going
1: to focus on that one today but it's for the same reason so belvita biscuits and most biscuits are pure carbs or pure carbs and fat like ben said but there's no fiber in them the source of fat from them is often hydrogenated fat which is where they make like a cheap butter alternative from oil um or they'll call it now diglycerides of fatty acids and again it's the same kind of thing they stabilize like a liquid fat into a solid fat to make it like butter but much cheaper and that's very closely linked to well they're pretty sure those things uh make cancer risk much worse for people heart disease risk much worse for people as well so you're really going to be making your you know, affecting your health as well as your weight by um eating these biscuits and again belvita biscuits are be 200 calories for what they call a serving it's 200 sort of, empty calories so you are to end up eating way more food as well so first first thing i'd say is biscuits are really not a good choice snack i personally recommend not having them in the house a lot of people have a bit of resistance to that, but they're no good for you. They're no good for your family. You're going to make all of your, your health risks much higher. And I can't control myself with them. I don't know about you, but for me, I just know, I, I would just start eating them and eating them if I had some like you know cookies in the house or anything like that. So that's the first thing to avoid. Ben, why don't we alternate on
0: these? I'll let you do the next one. So second one to avoid is muffins. So I, I'm going to say muffins, but also add, I'll put cakes in there as well, any kind of muffin or cake. Um, so just as an example, like a Starbucks muffin is about 360 calories. So that's, you know, getting towards being all the calories for, for a meal, pretty much. And they're very, very high in sugar. And again, they're going to be made from sugar, flour. Uh, if you're lucky, maybe they're made from butter. But it, realistically, they're probably made from, again, these cheap vegetable oil-based fats to make it cheaper. I mean, Starbucks, they're out there. They're trying to make a profit, really, aren't they? Um, but yeah, they're not going to be remotely filling at all. They're not good for your health. They've got no protein, no fiber. Again, it's just it's just a load of calories. And it, like, It's just like you said with the biscuits, Rob. I don't know many people who they wake up in the morning, they go out for their breakfast and they have a muffin, they have a chocolate muffin. They'd be like, yeah, that's that set me up now for a good five hours of energy. It's not, that's not how it works when you eat these things. You eat that muffin or you eat those chocolate biscuits. Maybe you get a bit of a sugar rush. And then it just crashes back down. And and again, even after you've eaten these things, because they don't have the fiber and they don't have the protein, they don't have any impact on your hunger hormones. So you're still going to feel hungry even after you've eaten the the muffins or the biscuit or the cake or whatever it is. And for that reason, it's something I would best avoid. And you probably
1: typically have that muffin if you're in a Starbucks or Costa, you probably get a milky coffee with it as well, which can easily be if you get a latte, 200 calories more so now you're looking at over 500 calories which is more than the typical way more than the typical meal that a lot of our members will eat who you know who typically see really good results. so but you're having that and then you're probably going home and having a meal as well so you're kind of having a whole extra meal from that snack and that's not really going to work so the next thing then is um similar to muffins similar to breakfast biscuits is cereal bars so these are marketed as like a healthy thing but really if you look at them they're they're not they're quite far removed from something you could put together from your kitchen um so they appear to be healthy they probably put loads of things on it saying fiber and vitamin this in they're all fortified with it so that means they add those things in it's not really the same as eating it from proper food um so again they'll just be really high in carbs very low in anything filling um there's a few that i think if you have to pick one that are a bit better. So not that they'll have really great ingredients they're still probably quite palatable but like the fiber one bars i think they're under 100 calories so they're a bit better but a lot of the other ones like i i will occasionally i'll be honest i'm not perfect sometimes buy eat natural bars but i buy them when i'm trying to put on a bit of muscle and weight i don't buy them when i'm trying to lose weight because they're like 200 plus calories these nut bars which is a lot for a snack and they're not great filling at all like they're the same calories as a chocolate bar um, they probably have a little bit more fiber and protein, which is why I picked them over a chocolate bar. But really, I know I'm not eating something healthy when I'm having them. And if I want to lose weight and, um, and pick a better snack, I'll pick one of the things we'll talk about later.
0: So the next one is fancier crisps. So the type of nice crisps that you get, so for example, kettle chips or McCoy's or the Tyrell's big bag of crisps, um, all of those, for some reason, all of them tend, seem to be about 750 calories which is a huge amount of calories that's going to be that could be half the calories for your entire day if you eat the whole bag and I know personally if I start eating kettle chips I don't get through half a bag and be like do you know what I'm really full from all those crisps I've eaten I get through the half a bag and I'm like you know like I, I, I would stop because I feel like I probably shouldn't eat the whole bag not because I'm full from it so again they're not remotely filling at all no protein no fiber um, and they've got they're going to be, have been fried in vegetable oil as well so it's Again, all of those bad fats that are going to be terrible for your health. Um, But yeah, so those those massive bags of crisps can be an absolute nightmare. There are other crisps you can get which are slightly healthier or smaller bags of crisps. Um, If you're having kind of smaller bags of crisps, they're going to have all the disadvantages of no protein, no fiber, fried in unhealthy oil. They're still going to have those advantages, but the disadvantages, but the advantage they do have is you can get some packets of crisps or snacks. which are still quite low in calories. So you can, you know, it's quite easy to squeeze a little a little small packet of crisps into your daily calories. And still, as long as the rest of your diet is healthy and good quality food, it probably shouldn't make a big difference. But the thing to avoid, I think really, is just buying those big bags of sharing crisps, but you can easily sit in front of the TV and just munch through mindlessly and just eat hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of extra calories. I find that's really dangerous when you go to like a friend's house and
1: they put, they poured out some crisps. I went to, um, our friend uh, Lawrence in this house recently, me and uh, Lawrence and another friend, Matt, went on a long cycle. We came back and um, Sarah and Lawrence's wife had poured out a pack of crisps, like half a pack of kettle chips. We ate them like so quick. And then uh, then she poured out another half, uh, the rest of the bag. We we ate all of them as well. And that was before eating lunch. So again, I'm not perfect, but I wouldn't eat these at home for that reason. The crisps we do have, which I don't really eat, but Lucy... My girlfriend loves snacking, so she's a bit of a crisp expert. There are actually, like Ben said, some lower calorie ones. So Hula Hoop Puffs are like 80-ish calories. Squares, a bit old school, but they're um, Walker Squares, Salt and Vinegar, they're about 80 as well. Quavers or Wotsits. I don't love many of these. The Hula Hoop Puffs are probably my favorite, but they're all much lower calories. So if you really want crisps, get the small bags of those. A lot of these are now like baked as well, so they're not, um, they're not quite so deep fried or they're very lightly fried. So they're a bit better if you're going to pick one or the other or not. Uh, the real point we're trying to make there is it's like the posh crisps, the fancy looking crisps are actually usually the worst in terms of calories. Um, they're tasty, but they tend to use up a lot of calories. So I've got a very obvious one to talk about now, which is sweets and chocolate bars. I'm not going to spend too long on these, but sweets and chocolate bars are not a great snack. Like If you're in the petrol station, try and steer clear of those. I will, If I really want something sweet, I'll just buy some chewing gum because some sugar-free gum there's not really going to be anything coming out of that calorie wise and it kind of gives you something to chew on um i kind of have a blanket rule for myself that i just don't buy those those sweets and chocolate bars from that big tempting thing because i think once you start that then it's harder to stop um we have a process with our clients that we can what well, we all we use for everyone called the diet makeover that breaks those kind of cycles so if you are stuck in those we can help you eliminate those cravings with our diet makeover in our fit and 40 program but it's it's definitely something I would say avoid both of those unless it's a special occasion like if you're having more than one chocolate bar a week or more than one small bag of sweets a week that's going to really start to stack up in terms of calories they don't fill you up one bit and they're designed like Ben said earlier to be really more So you don't finish it and think I'm done you think "I, I want more I want more I want more and they've been engineered like that so the food companies want you to keep buying more and eating more and for me when I realized that that really annoyed me I was like I'm quite stubborn. So I was like, I don't want these food companies to win and manipulate me like they're manipulating everyone. So I'm not going to buy their food.
0: So last one then, Ben. So last one then is bread. So bread, I think is a bit, of a, a bit of a silent killer in terms of, in terms of the different snacks you can eat for a couple of different reasons. So the first reason is bread itself is actually pretty high in calories for what you get. So like a slice of bread might be about hundred calories or so if you have white bread it's going to be very low in fiber very low in proteins it's the bread on its own it's not going to be filling at all i think people i don't know people a lot of people think as well but it kind of makes sense it seems like a filling meal but if you have like a sandwich for lunch people think oh that'll be quite filling the bread of the sandwich is not really going to be filling maybe some of the stuff that you put in the sandwich if you have a good amount of salad and meat etc that could be quite filling um but the problem with bread so you've got the slice of bread you've got 100 calories per slice in your sandwich so we are on 200 calories now no protein no fiber and then of course bread on its own if you now have this sandwich of just two pieces of bread and you just eat them with nothing in it it's going to be horrific it's going to be dry horrible so to make bread edible you basically have to spread something on it so you might have to spread butter on it or you might have to spread butter and a bit of margarine. not margarine what's that other one mayonnaise We forgot the word for mayonnaise then. But you have to spread something on the bread to make it delicious. Then you've got to put your fillings in there. By the time you've got a bit of salad, some cheese, a bit of chutney, et cetera, you're ending up with like going from your 100 calorie slice of bread to now you're on like a 500 or 600 calorie sandwich very, very easily. Um, Which compared to 500 or 600 calories of sort of proper food instead, um, it's not gonna be the most filling thing in the world. It's very Moorish, very, very easy to eat. But I think the problem with bread is the fact that you have to have something with it. Even if you have toast, you'll have to, you have to put a big load of butter on it. Maybe you also have to put jam on it. You make a sandwich, you put peanut butter in it. All the things you tend to put on tend to be high in calories. So bread, I think in moderation, you can have a bit of bread. I mean, if I go out for a meal, I'm going out for a meal tonight. Um, In fact, there's a restaurant that doesn't really serve bread. I mean, Rob, we went there last last weekend as well. but if I go to a restaurant where they give me some nice bread and some butter, I'm going to have a nice piece of bread and butter. That's usually the the place I mostly eat bread. But most of the time I, I tend to avoid it and go for other options if possible. But um, yeah, so bread, iron calories, not that filling. And also it's just the things you have to add to it can really start to add up in terms of calories too. I think the,
1: the last dangerous thing with bread as well is what we tend to find and why we've gone back to a ban on bread in our house <laughs> in the week Um is if it sits on the side. Um, so we, if we did buy bread, because I do love bread and so does Lucy, we'll buy like a sourdough freshly baked from Sainsbury's. Um, they have loads of different nice ones. That'll then sit on the side and then you go into the kitchen because you think I'm, um, you know, I need needed a quick snack, like we're talking about today, you see that bread that's like sort of a bit sliced, the bread knife's already buy it, you just go and cut a slice off, put a bit of butter on, and then it doesn't fill you up at all, but those pieces of bread are usually quite high in calories. You probably cut yourself a bigger slice than the pre-sliced bread, put quite a lot of butter on because it's basically a massive, uh, you know, a massive receptacle for butter. Or even we use the lighter lower pack, but it's still got calories in. Then um, by the time you've eaten that, you're not full at all. And you just want more. So you end up eating like you've had your sandwich, but you've also had another couple of slices and then then it's gone. And then you go buy more bread and it's a bit of a slippery
0: slope don't know if that's just us <laughs> it's definitely me as well if I open the cupboard and I've got you know I'm opening the cupboard to try and find something and I look in the cupboard and I'm like right I've got potatoes rice and then I've got sourdough bread I'm just gonna right, I'll get that out a couple of slices put some cheese on it toast it make a nice cheese on toast put a ketchup on the top before you know it you're hundreds of calories down just because it's the easiest quickest thing isn't it so convenient really tasty as well yeah so i think
1: saving bread for special occasions like you said is a really good one like when you go out for a restaurant or have some sort of ground rule like weekends only but if you have it there all the time for me it's it's not great at all it's too dangerous so we've talked about the kind of worst snacks we're now going to go into the best snacks because if you just get rid of everything life's going to be pretty boring and you, you're going to revert back to what you know so we're going to try and pick some that are a bit more exciting these are not all just totally boring so it's not just going to be fruit. So the first one we've got is um this is one I'm really sort of enjoying at the moment is some sort of hummus with chopped up, uh, I think they're called crudite. I only learned this recently at age 31. <laughs> that's what that word means. I thought it was crudit, crudites, crudite. I know it's crudite now. So chopped up carrots, chopped up cucumber, chopped-up celery, chopped up pepper. Avoid pita bread or bread, because again, that's just way too many calories and you can then scoop loads of hummus up with your calorific bread and then you've had a 400 calorie snack what I would recommend is going for a reduced fat hummus and people are really averse to these reduced fat versions but actually a lot of reduced fat food is is basically just sort of bulked out with a bit more water and stuff like it's not necessarily a few more chickpeas and a bit less oil that's what it's going to be um, and really if you can have a bit less oil that's a good thing in hummus because it's quite a lot in otherwise so if you can have that reduced fat hummus it's a, it's a, quite a bit less calories, like 30% less calories often cups and carrots. This is what I've been doing all week. Cause we've not had that bread in. If we had the bread, I would have been eating the bread and I've not had the cereal bars. So I've actually been having a big push for, for eating better snacks at the moment. I've just been grabbing a carrot out of the fridge as weird as this sounds. At least it's weird to me peeling it. I actually just use the back of the knife, peel it, cut it into a few bits, put it on the plate with a, with, with a spoon of hummus and then just go and chomp on that. And it really does hit the spot. For me, carrots are good. Cucumbers are a bit too wet. Um, celery is all right. Pe- Pepper's pretty nice as well. And a medium carrot is 25 calories. And you often don't even digest everything in in veg. So this is a bit of a... I haven't got much time to talk about today, but with these whole... I don't know if whole food is the right word, but with food that's basically as it comes out of the ground, it takes a lot to digest, just like it takes a lot to digest um, protein and fiber like we are talking about before. Carrot is quite fibrous. You eat it; it's quite a lot. You know, it takes a long time to chew. That really fills you up, and your stomach can't break all of it down because it is that chewy, sort of fibrous thing. It means that you won't even get all of those twenty-five calories absorbed into your body. So it's really low in calories. You're going to chew it for a long time, which often is a lot of people just want something to crunch on when they're busy or when they're stressed. Mm-hmm. So carrot, celery; those are two great ones. A stick of celery is ten calories. Um, it's not quite calorie negative, like people say, as far as I'm aware. <laughs> But uh those two are a great um, healthy snack and you can choose some flavored hummuses as well. so I'll tend to try out like a red pepper flavor or a, or a caramelized onion, one or on Moroccan. I think Moroccan's
0: my favorite. Do you have a favorite hummus or is that just me? I like the uh, my best my favorite hummus is one thing with hummus as well is I always like to get the that hummus that's been made with olive oil something mm. like hummus is supposed to be made with olive oil. So you end up, I always end up looking through all the different hummuses and trying to find one that's got olive oil in it instead of, I don't know, rapeseed oil or some of the some vegetable you. oil. But, um, but out of the hummus, yeah, I just like the standard plain one, really. There's one, I can't remember what it's called. It's in like a yellow sort of packet. It's like a dish, mm. like a flat dish with like some chickpeas on the top. It's a bit of a fancy one. That's that one. premium one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I quite like that one. But I mean, a, a really good thing about the, this whole hummus and vegetables, is there's only so many bits of raw carrot you can eat before you're like I'm done with that now. And yeah. celery and cucumber, you can't just eat an infinite amount of raw carrots, which makes it ideal. Yep. So yeah. So the next one then is yogurts. So the two yogurts I probably recommend the most are both actually low-fat yogurts. So there's zero percent fat. You can get the zero percent fat Greek yogurt. So not the sort of Greek, there's the Greek-style yogurt as well, which is not quite as good but you want to go for the actual Greek yogurt. Um, So the 0% fat Greek yogurt works out to about, if you have one of the smaller tubs, about 91 calories for the tub, so very low in calories. But protein-wise, per 100 grams of yogurt, you're going to have about, I think it's about 11 grams of protein, 10 and a half or 11 grams of protein. So it's very, very high in protein. And you can also get 0% fat Skia yogurt, Skia this is the yogurt section is my nightmare because they're all really difficult to pronounce s-k-y-r basically it's like an icelandic yogurt so go for the greek yogurt the icelandic yogurt the zero percent fat ones are are great especially with these with these i think the low fat stuff it's it's tend to it's got a bit of a bad rap for some reason bad rap i don't know why i think there are probably some low fat products where they've removed the fats and then they replace it with a load of sugar or a load of other flavoring to make it delicious which overall you end up with something that's maybe worse than the original thing but you've got to kind of take every every product as an individual i think and when you look at the zero percent greek zero percent fat greek yogurt you'll see that it's high in protein it's low in fat but it's also low in sugar and low in carbs. That's that's kind of the thing to look at. So any yogurt, I'd also say, I'd just always say judge each yogurt kind of individually. There's a million different types of yogurts there. there are, We could recommend a load of different ones, but I mean, I feel like brands, they reinvent yogurts all the time. They like get rid of some and create new ones and all sorts of stuff. But if you look at a yogurt on the back, basically what you're looking for is in terms of protein, look for as much protein as possible. So in terms of the per 100 grams, the best one you're probably going to find is one called Kavarg, which um, all the Ala protein yogurts, they're sort of specifically marketed as protein yogurts. They might have about, I don't know, is this, if we've written this down. I'm not sure if it's This is per, per tub, like, of, per, like, per individual tub, yeah. tub. Got it, yeah. Um, but in terms of kind of per 100 grams, if you can look for a yoghurt that's got like 10 or more grams of protein per 100 grams, that's excellent in terms of protein. When you're looking at the, um, the carbs and the sugar, if you can find a yogurt which is sort of less than five grams of sugar per 100 grams, if you can find less than five grams of sugar per 100 grams and more than 10 grams of protein for 100 grams, that's gonna be a fantastic yogurt. In terms of calories, the lowest calorie yogurts tend to be about um, 55 calories per 100 grams. So you can have 55 calories per 100 grams 10 grams of protein per 100 grams and less than five grams of sugar per 100 grams that's going to be a good yogurt so when you're looking for different yogurts i would just trust each judge each individual one um, based on those stats on the back
1: so just to give those stats for kvarg that's a good one i just had a quick look whilst you're talking about that kvarg is 82 and a half calories or 83 um, for the tub uh 15 grams of protein and 4.7 grams of sugar so that kind of ticks all the boxes you were just mentioning there um so that's a really good choice the ala protein yogurt's a bit high in calories so they're like 140 so that's going to be a bigger snack it could be like a breakfast replacement with some berries on top but it does have 20 grams of protein but it's basically just a bigger bigger pot so i think it's 200 grams and the carb one's 140. So another good snack then is, um, very simply, you probably know these, but some savoury snacker jacks. So we generally say savoury, not the sweet ones, even though some of them, I think use sweetener, don't they? Um, They're just less moorish, I think, and a bit more filling. And the main thing is like the low calorie crisps we talked about earlier. They're quite low in calories. I don't know how they actually make them. (laughs) I just realised they're not deep fried. So they're about 78 calories per packet. So they're lower in fat and um, tend to just be a bit more filling but i'd always go for a, a small packet that's 78 carries for a small packet so don't buy big bags of anything try and always buy individual bags because we have this sort of uh, as human beings a lot of us have this mindset of we want to finish what we're given especially if you're brought up in a, a generation post-war generation where everyone said finish what's on your plate you need to finish you know, finishing was really pushed on people as a good thing if you have a big bag then really you're only done when you've eaten the whole thing so And it's very hard to judge how much you've eaten, whereas if you have a small packet,
0: you finish easily and you're full up at that point. So the next one to cover then is berries. So berries are the lowest calorie fruit. And you can a lot of times you can actually get away with eating the whole punnet of berries as a snack. And it's still not going to be massive in terms of calories. So 150 grams of strawberries. That's about half a pack is about 45 calories. 150 grams of blueberries is about 65 calories and 150 grams of raspberries is about 60 calories. Now, they're also going to be high in vitamins, high in minerals. Excellent. They're going to have a bit of fiber in because they're a fruit. So if you take those and you then combine them with one of the previous ones, if you combine, for example, 0% fat Greek yogurt, you have 90 calories of that Greek yogurt and you add 60 calories of berries, you've ended up with 150 calorie snack, which is still quite low which is going to have a good amount of protein from the yoghurt. It's going to have a good amount of fiber from the berries. It's going to tick all of those boxes. Um, so yeah, all berries are pretty much, they're excellent, really. Just They're really low in calories. They're really good for you. And again, like with all these snacks, like the closer something is from what came from the ground, what actually comes from nature, the better it's going to be. So the, the carrot and hummus sticks, for example, uh, yogurt it's, it's pretty close to the milk that it was that it came from strawberries and fruit they are literally picked from the ground um it's always better to have this sort of unprocessed stuff compared to things that are just completely alien to anything like crisp chocolate etc they're so different from any real food really aren't they
1: yeah if you couldn't make it in your kitchen i think that's another good uh, test for whether something's gonna be healthy if you couldn't make it yourself very close to what it is like have you ever seen snack master's You seen that show where they try and replicate snacks? I haven't seen it actually. No. So on Snackmasters, they get professional like Michelin star chefs to try and make snacks like Kit Kats or Quavers they've done and Domino's Pizza. And what they tend to find is even these Michelin star chefs cannot replicate it because they're made in such industrial processes um, in really weird ways. Like I think the Domino's pizza dough is like kept at a certain temperature for 48 hours or something whilst it's being um, Proves that, like, stuff you just wouldn't do on your own. But like, if you couldn't make it at home, so if you couldn't make a pack of quavers perfectly, then it's probably not going to be that healthy. It's probably going to be pretty uh, heavily processed. Whereas you could grow some strawberries on a plant and pick them and eat them. And you could make some hummus as well quite easily just by uh, blending up some chickpeas and some oil, uh, and some garlic and stuff. So tahini as well, isn't it? So if you could make it, that's a good sign. It's a good snack. If you couldn't replicate it, then it's definitely not so good um another snack then that's a good one and this this kind of carries on on that theme of the closer it is to how it comes off the plant or out the ground the better it's for you is we're going to talk about nuts so nuts are a bit of a minefield because they they are actually quite high in calories they're mostly fat even though a lot of nut little nut boxes and things you know like the gray ones are promoted as being high protein it's a bit of a con they've got some protein but it's not the best source but they are quite filling because there's a lot of chewing involved with nuts and um, they are good source of fat but what you want to go for is ideally the least processed type so not really roasted the more the nuts roasted the more calories you'll absorb from them if they're not roasted you only digest about 70 percent of the calories so whilst they look like high calories if they're unroasted they're not your body struggles to actually digest them so things like unroasted cashews macadamia nuts almonds i put almonds twice more almonds um, they'll all be really good But I would always recommend buying a small bag or measuring out nuts. So you don't end up eating like a whole large bag of pistachios, that's another good one, or cashews. If you get 30 grams of cashews, um, they're about 176 calories and five grams of protein. Um, But as I said before, actually you won't won't digest all of those. So for example, a study by um, someone called Janet Novotny and colleagues at the USDA did a study on this and they found that when the average person eats almonds which have 170 calories on the label they receive just 128 calories um their body can actually absorb that many so you don't get quite as many so if you get a small bag of nuts they're a really good snack again if they're not roasted and salted like the peanuts you get at a bar you can't actually eat too many of them very easily it's only when they've been processed again that it starts to become this sort of dangerous thing so be careful don't buy the roasted salted large bag because that's a bit of a uh a minefield,
0: stick to a small bag and you should be fine. So, the next snack then are dry roasted edamame beans. So, they're quite similar, quite a similar thing to nuts. Um, you might have edam- edamame beans in like a Japanese restaurant, they come in a little pod. I really, really like them. Um, but you can get the dry roasted version, which basically contain more protein than nuts, they're lower in calories than nuts. So for example, 30 grams of edamame beans is about 110 calories and 15 grams of protein. So comparing that to cashews, which are 176 calories and five grams of protein, they're lower in the calories, but they've got three times as much protein. So those are a really, really good snack to go for. Something that's um, really quick, really easy, and also really, really good in terms of nutrition as well. Yeah,
1: lots of supermarkets are stocking those now. If you search on your online shop, if you do one of those, you should be able to find them at most places. Another really good one, which is very simple, not expensive to make at home. You can make a big batch and store them in your fridge. They last quite a while. Is just boiled eggs. So again, these are great because they're very, they're relatively high in protein. they about six, seven grams of protein per egg, but about 78 calories. If you have two of those, you're going to get nearly 15 grams of protein and about 140 calories, but they're very filling. If you've ever eaten a boiled egg, you'll probably realize they are pretty filling. They've got really good healthy fats in and they store well, so you can travel with them, you can take them to work. Do be careful where you open the box. I still have a memory of you, Ben, opening a box of boiled eggs in a, at university and everyone losing their mind because the sulphur smell
0: came out. <laughs> mm. But they are a great snack. So next one, then, is, is one to two squares of either 85% or 95%, uh, no, 85% or 90, basically sort of 80% plus dark chocolate. So two squares of dark chocolate is about um, 116 calories. So it's fairly low in calories. But the other real advantage of it is it's not very Moorish at all. So there's only really so much dark chocolate you could eat. I could probably eat loads of it, though, because I think because I'm used to it. But I think anyone who's, you know, if you normally eat normal chocolate and you transition over to dark chocolate, you'll find it much less sweet. Maybe you'll find it a little bit bitter as well. Uh, but that basically means you can get a bit of a chocolate fix without wanting to eat the entire bar, which is ideal. So calories wise, um, that keeps those keeps those calories down and still allows you to not feel like you're missing out on having that little bit of chocolate.
1: So That kind of sums up uh, it's not an exhaustive list, but that sums up lots of good healthy snacks you can eat. These are all filling, not too high in calories. They're pretty tasty, at least some of them will be something you'll find tasty and they're hard to overeat because they're not overly processed. Um, so they're not, You know, our body hasn't, has evolved to eat these things and, and naturally fill up from them. It's not like these new processed foods that we haven't evolved to, to deal with yet. So this is just a very small snapshot of the kind of stuff we teach people inside of our Fit Over 40 programme, as well as making sure um, people are eating the right amount for them and their hormones, now the body's changed, and also uh, make sure they're doing the right kind of exercise. So something that will keep causes all stress levels low, which again will help you to see good results. And this is exactly what, um, we've got a, a case study here, um, what Lou, who's one of my clients, did to um, to lose seven and a half stone. Not only did she change these kind of snacks, she did those other things as well. And it's typically what means our members are able to lose one to two stone every, every uh, 12 weeks. So Lou is, um, she's 46 from Staffordshire. She's also where Ben's from. She was working full-time in a busy desk job and she was managing a team of scientists. So she's a forensic scientist. And what she found was her weight crept up and up over the years. And she was turning to food. she's turning to unhealthy snacks when things got stressful. And she'd also given up on all exercise. And since turning 40, she just felt like it was easier to gain weight and really hard to lose it again. I don't know if you can relate to that, but Blue owns a horse and she used to love riding. But because of her weight, she was no longer riding as well. So she wasn't doing the thing that she loved. And she had an exercise bike at home, she had a running machine at home as well, and she was using those basically as just clones there, she wasn't able to use them either, or wasn't confident using them. She had arthritis in her foot from an old horse riding injury, which meant she was kind of not able to do a lot of this trendy high impact exercise that a lot of people are doing. So all the exercise she tried, all the diets she tried in her younger years were no longer an option. And when she joined us, her weight had hit an all-time high. So her weight was 16 stone, 12.6. So on the brink of 17 stone, she was 107 kilos and she felt completely stuck and she was running out of options. But what happened when she joined a program, when she put it into action, things like we talked about today, along with everything else that I just mentioned, Lou was able to completely change her relationship with food. And That's what she, she actually um, told me when I interviewed her in an earlier podcast episode. She's also able to get back into exercise again in a way that worked for her around her injuries, and because of that, she's been able to lose seven half stone, drop from a size twenty to twenty-two to actually a size eight to ten now, um, and she's sustained that. So I'm going to get her back on the podcast in a couple of months to talk about how she's gone about sustaining that as well for the last six months. She's actually still losing weight a tiny bit as well, so I'm helping her to kind of stabilise that now. She's seen such good progress. So here's what Lou said. She said, so many wins, it's difficult to pick them. I guess reprogramming new habits, disconnecting food from emotion and feeling stronger. I've now lost over seven stone. Everything's changed, not my, just my body, but my attitude, my confidence, my energy, everything. And I know these changes aren't for the short term, they're for good. So if you do want to learn more about the Fit Over 40 program that Lou and many others have used to achieve incredible results, even for people in their 40s, 50s and beyond, then where can people go to find out
0: more? to find out more about the program that Lou followed and how you can get those same sort of amazing results in your life just head over to www.fit40info.com and you can grab all the details on that page
1: awesome so we'd love to help you with that but either way that just wraps up for today's podcast episode i hope you enjoyed it. i hope you found it helpful and we'll catch you next week for another episode of the trinity Fit over 40 podcast we will see you then So thank you for listening to today's episode of The Trinity Podcast. If you've enjoyed today's episode, don't forget to hit that subscribe button inside your podcast app so you don't miss future shows. And also, please leave us a quick review. It only takes two minutes. We do all of these shows completely for free to help you. So we'd really appreciate a quick review if it's helped you at all. So thank you again so much for listening. And we'll catch you next week for the next episode of The Trinity Podcast.